Yeah, we shared a mango pitcher, I think. Ooh, a mango margarita. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the always wonderful but really bad take having Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? Bright and early this morning, man. I'm not a morning person, so all things considered, doing pretty well. Yeah, we are doing a... uh puck and eggs or puck brunch i don't know we're we're recording early because i had technical difficulties last night and i don't mean to be taking shots at you that early in the morning that you don't deserve that um (laughs) but sometimes it's true we got a ton of stuff to talk about today we got player news uh we're going to talk about the metro division because what the hell is going on there um i have a quiz you have your new segment in uh nightly news Plenty of stuff to talk Sweet. about. Loaded Saturday morning episode. Um, let's jump right into player news. We'll get this out of the way. I won't do a, a surprise 90 seconds. I won't do anything crazy. Austin Matthews took another high hard hit last night. He left the game. He returned. Seems fairly regular with a guy like Austin Matthews. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Lauren said something this morning about Sidney Crosby being a target. I, it's guys like this. I mean, Matthews is – if you're looking at anybody on the Leafs that you want to impose your will on, it's – I feel like Austin Matthews is an easy target. I – see, I think he's the best target for to get the job done, and I don't condone, obviously. But, I mean, Mitch Marner seems like an easier target. Just fucking pick him up by his jockstrap. Like <laughs> – He's 56 pounds. Like, it's weird to me, and it seems like Matthews, maybe it's because he's a bigger guy, and people think they can get away with big contact on a guy like him. Yeah, makes sense, because I also thought about Nylander, too, because Nylander would be an easy target, but the Nylander and Marner just aren't as big as Matthews. You're right, probably just, and and Tavares is just so old, you're just like, yeah, I don't, let him be. Let him be. Yeah, I mean, with him being out with the finger injury, I mean, going... Right up, right up to anybody on that team. They're gonna try to impose the will. I don't know. I, I saw the the gif of the hit and I thought it was bullshit. Um, you can see it on my Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. I don't like that hit, but he came back. So, uh, I was prepared to do a monologue on this if it was worse, but it is what it is. I just don't like to see uh, players like him take high hard hits. I actually don't see Sid and Connor taking much of these hits nowadays, though. Yeah, I will Sid fight more. back against that. Yeah, Sid, Sid a little bit less these days. I'll agree with that. Um, and I've actually watched, since I've been on this Oilers Nation, I've, been, I've watched a couple of other games, and you're right, McDavid doesn't really find himself in those. It's hard for me to It's hard for me to say because he's so shifty, and I know you're just going to roll your eyes. And... No, you're right. You, you got to catch him to hit him. I agree. Yeah. But... So, I mean, yeah. You're right, though. I, I, they don't get it as much. I think it's more of Sydney because he's getting older. Same thing with John Tavares, like I just mentioned. But um, I think Crosby knows what Matthews is going through more than anything, though. Yeah, I, I, would, I would assume so. I just don't like – like that's the type of stuff where people come away from it and they're like, oh, look at – you know, Austin Matthews is still soft. Like, what? Whatever. So Austin Matthews is going to be fine. Everything seems okay on the on the on the home front, and the Leafs are still going to be good. Um, I don't want to focus too much time on it because I will go on a rant, and I don't want to do that. And it's Saturday morning. Yeah, um, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're tired <laughs> of it. Um, by the way, he is he is accomplished. So I'm not, we're not even going to get into the discussion, but he is accomplished. He's got more rookie of the year wins than than okay. Connor. Anyway. Okay. Um, Nathan McKinnon, speaking of great young players, extended his point streak in a huge win against the Knights, which we'll talk about later. Um, the, the guy just keeps scoring. The guy is incredible. I love this kid. 
Yeah, I did not get to watch that game, but that you just mentioned. But I, I when, I was, the, when I was looking at the scores, I was like, holy shit, because this was supposed to be. We talked about it last episode. Like this was one of the games that I was going to watch. Just admitted, I didn't have a chance to watch it, but kept my eyes on it. And it's just for Colorado to go into Vegas. Well, you said we'd mention it. We'd talk about the game later. So let's talk about McKinnon. I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent this morning. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, what did he, did he score? Where did he get an assist? Yes, he had, let me make sure. I okay, I'm looking at, okay. So yeah, he had an assist on McCarr, McCarr's first goal of the season in the second period. Um, wow. They pretty much handcuffed Vegas in that game. Yeah. They, I mean, it's, they were, they were just dominant in all fronts and we're, we don't want to. We don't want to talk too much about the Avs again. But they, I mean, they they destroyed that Vegas team. And even if the streak had ended last night, in the sense of like they win the game, but McKinnon doesn't walk away with any points, uh, he is he has entered the company of players you know are on the ice all the time. Like as soon as twenty nine is on the ice, you know Nathan McKinnon is on the ice. And I think that's that's what separates him from, you know, other young elite players. And this is still the point streak to start the season, right? Yes, sir. So there hasn't been a game where he hasn't scored a point. That's, that's no, there's not. Um, do we do we want to make predictions right now? We'll just have the listeners uh, keep us honest. Yeah, that's fair. He's got 14 points right now. He's got 14 points right now. How long will the streak go? Um, let's say barring injury, uh, 14 games, 14 games. I'm going to say 21 games. Holy cow. Okay. I, yeah, 21 games. I'm comfortable with that. I might be grossly underestimating, but. Oh, I might just be on my high horse. Um, it might end at 10. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it might be over already. We just we, we just won't know until they, they play this weekend. Um, let's move on to a couple guys with not a lot of points. There was a trade this week. Um, the Penguins traded Erica Branson to the Ducks uh, for minor leaguer and journeyman Andreas Martinson in a seventh round pick in 2021. I it, it might be actually too early to talk about this trade because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> like people, people had the audacity to like have opinions on this trade. Yeah, the vibe I got when it happened was that for some reason Gabranson has this like hidden fan club somewhere on social media that they all came out and were like, "Oh, I can't believe Gabranson just keeps getting traded." Poor guy, and I'm just like, "What?" It's Eric Gabranson. God, I, he, he, he has now been traded for Tanner Pearson in Andreas Martinson in a calendar year. Like, I don't, I don't know where this fan club is coming yeah, from. Wh- I'm assuming Western Canada. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. Like, this is literally all Vancouver fans. Well, he was probably on Vancouver at some point. They traded him away, and people were sad to see him go, yeah, and now just following him everywhere. Yeah, that was. I believe that's where he was before. I'd have to look it up to be sure because they both. Martinson and Gabranson have played quite a few places, but I want to say Gabranson was drafted by the Panthers and then ended up in Vancouver, and that's where the Pens got him. That sounds like a name the Panthers would draft. Doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It fits in with like Protrack, Huberto. Yeah, I could like see it on the back yeah. of a Panthers jersey, honestly. Good brand. By the way, Sasha Barkov is not underrated. You can't be underrated half a decade. Anyway, sorry. We we talked about the Florida Panthers, and I don't have a segment for that, but stop saying Alexander Barkov is underrated. He's not. He's properly rated. Um, but yeah, as, as, sorry. As far as this trade, I mean, Gabranson's got zero points and four penalty minutes in seven games. Um, Martinson has like 21 points in 150 career games. Uh, it, who cares? Yeah. I, I mean, is that is that... Am I wrong? But I, I don't know. I just, I don't care. I don't think anyone should really care about this trade. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, this is literally two GMs just probably like talking to shit at dinner or something. Like, yo, we haven't really done anything in a while. Let's just 
Let's put something well, out listen, there. Jim Rutherford. Think. Jim Rutherford eats dinner at like probably four fifteen in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh's got one old GM, but yeah, I mean, so maybe Gabranson is set to win the Norris Trophy now because he's on the right team. Who knows? <laughs> um, moving on to players that we care about, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko with an upper body injury is out for the weekend uh, playing against the Bruins and wings. We said in the off season that their best player is Vladimir Tarasenko, but it needed to be Ryan O'Reilly. At least I said that. Yeah. I am kind of moving away from that. I think the more Tarasenko, the better that team gels. Okay. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of blues, but I just, I feel like he's more important than I give him credit for because he's so quiet and he's so reserved and you just don't get a lot out of him that like I'm in the locker room interview. I mean, what am I talking about? But like, I just, I, I see more Tarasenko in the DNA of that blues team than I did in the summer. Yeah, it seems, I mean, he seems to be more of the answer than O'Reilly because you're right. We talked about how O'Reilly needed to be the the, the guy for this team, um, but we thought Tarasenko was. And O'Reilly's getting the ice time. He's right around 20 minutes a game, which is easily the highest on the Blues for a forward. And I think Tarasenko somewhere in the 16, 17 mark. But but the production is coming from Tarasenko at the moment. So they're what they're five two and three or five three and two something like that. And most of it's coming from. Tarasenko rather than O'Reilly at the moment. And 5-3-2 and two is not bad, though. I mean, I don't really... Obviously, I don't think the Blues were 5-3. 5-2-3. Five, 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 okay, I, I, yeah. I don't think they were 5-2-3 and three at this point last so year. So, No, they were... Well, I mean, they were struggling. I mean, they were... No, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> at, so, at some point, it goes uh, But they're third place in the division. You know, so we just got to stop. Yeah. But... Yeah. I mean, they're they got that goal differential back up to zero. So, the more Tarasenko, like we were saying, I think if he can fuel that offense, if he's what's fueling that offense, I I think they're much better off than than having anyone kind of quote unquote take charge. Yeah, they have. Um, side note: they got the Bruins tonight, so that's the first. Ooh, foreshadowing our quiz later that I did not tell you what it was about. Okay. Um. Brendan, per- Brendan Perlini, if you don't know, uh, quote-unquote plays for the Blackhawks. It's because he doesn't play. He's been scratched seven out of eight games this year. Uh, he's asked for a trade. Obviously, I'm a Blackhawks fan, but I can't fault this dude. Like, Col- Jeremy Colleton's like, oh, you know, we'll try to keep discussions between him and I, and I'm trying to keep him, you know, positive. Like, what? what's there to be positive about? Like, he's, he's played one game, and your team's struggling. It, if you don't follow hockey religiously, first of all, thank you for choosing us as your hockey podcast. That That's incredible. <laughs> um, but when a struggling, when you're a healthy scratch continuously on a struggling team, it is just a baloney sandwich slap in the face. Like it is brutal. And I don't fault Perlini for, for wanting out of Chicago at this point. Yeah. I, uh, you told me that he'd request a trade, and then I I was like, who is this? And he told me he scratched seven out of eight games, and I was like, that's why I don't know who he is. But, yeah, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. I don't know. Is is anybody, is any of Blackhawks Nation up in arms about this, or is it pretty uh, letting I haven't I haven't lose? seen too much frustration on the front of, like, or in the sense of, you know, this guy should just keep quiet and, like, no, nobody's doing the Blackhawks high and mighty thing where like he should appreciate just being on the team. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who are in the camp of Jeremy Colleton's not the answer. And this is just another thing he's doing wrong. So okay. I, I think it's a mix. Um, I don't think anyone really feels too strongly about it. But anytime, a, you know, someone on your favorite team requests a trade, you start to delve deeper into certain details of the team and they obviously need a lot of help in all in on offense and defense and Perlini's not the answer long-term, but I mean, 
now it's at the point where what's the harm in putting him in there? Yeah. Somebody on that on that regular roster is not performing. I mean, Jonathan Taze is having a horrible year coming off a career year. I mean, it's just that that team needs help, and I, Brendan Perlini's not a superstar, but he can produce given the chance, a little bit. Yeah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna put him in, put him in because you're right, the Blackhawks need some sort of solution. But if you're not, if you're gonna keep keep him as a scratch every game, then I mean, he came from the Coyotes last year. Like this guy is—it's almost like a fish that you caught. And you're just like, just throw him back. Like give trade trade him in a third round pick for Poyarvi. Ooh, I mean, send him to the Oilers. Why not? I, He's going to be miserable. He might as well be miserable in Canada. Yeah, be miserable somewhere that has hope. Oh my god! All right. Good luck to Brennan Perlini. Uh, <laughs> last bit of player news, Jack Hughes. Actually coming alive a little bit. Power play goal, two assists, and a loss against the Coyotes. Um, starting to see more production because he's he is getting the goal scoring that he needs. Uh, or his goal scores are actually helping him out. And he, you know, he's he, now he's got two goals on the season. Things might be looking up for our American hero, but... And this team, man, two, five, and two, they're in last place. Their schedule only gets more difficult. I mean, Jack Hughes might be the lone bright spot. I know. I just dropped him, too. You Did you pick him up after I dropped him? Yeah, because they were you playing beats. the Rangers. <laughs> so I was like, of course you did. I had to. Well, you couldn't get Kako as well? You I could. Know. He was available, but I just thought Hughes would chill out more. But, yeah, I saw some, uh, I saw some comparisons to Patrick Kane. Um, during his two his two point night, um, I mean, like you mentioned, the Devils are bad. I see this going on Austin Matthews route so fast for Jack Hughes, so I'm just gonna get behind it before I hate it. Um, and I'm rooting for the kid, so I was I was glad to see that he's finally picking it up. Uh, don't care too much for the Devils, but don't think I got to worry about the Devils, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Let's jump right into it. We want to talk about the. Uh... The Metro Division today, because we haven't, we focus a lot in the West because we're Golden Knights podcast. The Avalanche are so good. You're on Oilers watch. I'm on Canucks watch, which by the way, not working out great for me. Um, so let's focus most of our attention this episode in the Metro Division, and let's start with Washington, who's just running away, and they're already five points up on the second place team. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, we had this unanimously first place in our preview um this summer i don't think there was a shroud of doubt between us uh they're proving us right power play is a well-oiled machine like we thought it was going to be bellinsports.com check out luke mcgrath's article on the washington capitals and boston bruins uh power nice plug they are five points ahead of the second place team but they've also played three more games uh than anyone that's not pittsburgh in the division so uh Anyone that's not Pittsburgh. They're a little... Yeah, I mean, and their their goal differential doesn't blow you away either. They're plus seven. They just... Pittsburgh's plus six, and there's seven points behind them, just for reference. I just watched them play a game the other day, and I was actually quite impressed with their defense. Uh, I thought it got better in the short period of time since we were pretty much destroying it at the beginning of the season. Uh, oh, it was the Oilers game. Uh, the Oilers won that in OT. It was hilarious. McDavid and Drysaddle. But uh, what I was most impressed by in that game was Washington's stability on defense late in the game. Honestly, I the Oilers were kind of peppering them, but the, it wasn't overwhelming. McDavid just kind of got lucky. Yeah, I mean, well, let's start with the obvious. Their defenseman is leading the league in points. John Carlson is leading the league in points. It was it actually when we uh when we got off the podcast last time for ripping um the Washington uh the Capitals defense they were playing Calgary at the time I closed my laptop turn around and three Capitals let one guy in between them to score a goal as as we were finishing and I was like yep that's exactly what we were talking about um John Carlson's just banking points for late like. 
the earlier in the season you're on the top of people's Norris trophy voting, the more that list starts to like stake itself in the yeah. ground. If you're in the top in the beginning of the season, you're in a good spot late in the season as well. I mean, 20, I don't know what he had last night. They won uh, 6-5 in a shootout uh, against over the uh, Canucks. That was a wild game. They were down 4-5 to 1. Oh, my God. Um, so it's good to see from John Carlson. You're getting your production um, from Ovechkin and guys all all across the board. And you're right. Defensively, they're shoring things up. They're not great. They still gave out five goals to the Canucks. You know, Samsonov and Holby, this this experiment might be falling on its face, but if you're going to score five goals a night, yeah, you know, can't hurt. So, yeah, because they've played how many games? They've played 13 games. They've scored 50 goals. The next, let's see, Toronto's got 44. That's expected. Yeah, 44 is the next closest. So... And that's sustainable for a team like that. Is is it not? I mean, I feel like it is. Yeah, if Washington doesn't get any injuries or they don't run any freak accidents over the season, I mean, I don't see any reason why they would just stop pouring on goals. I don't it's not like a this is not an offense that you could figure out. It's just it's just gonna come at you for three periods. Like you you might be able to figure it out for forty minutes, but you're gonna be gassed. Yeah. And that's just under four goals a game. And they they play Toronto coming up next week. Their next game is against Toronto. So we will see. uh, Moving on to the Islanders. Winners of six in a row. Wow, I did not know this. They have 14 points. Uh, They play 10 games. They're 7-3-0. They're plus five. You know, they just beat the bad Senators. They're going into Philly tomorrow night, which could be another win. I had them low, very low. Where did I, I had them sixth in the division preseason. Um, I couldn't tell you how they're doing this. Goalie by committee seems to be working for them. Um, Bruce Boudreaux's defensive as hell. I mean, they've given up the least amount of goals in the division. Yeah, the last three games are Columbus, Arizona, and Ottawa too. So maybe that maybe that kind of normalizes here a little bit. I mean, they got Philly coming Don't. up. That's not any harder. Oh, Harter. I get it. Goalie. <laughs> Good pun. Um, yeah, I mean, props to the Islanders. I There's no team I love watching lose more than the Islanders. But if they're going to prove everyone wrong, um, do it do it in a big way. And they are. I mean, six straight's no joke. Yeah, competition hasn't been great. But same thing with John Carlson. If you're going to bank points, bank them now. Why do you like watching the Islanders lose? I don't think I know that. Because they're fans. Oh, okay. They're just – they're actually – if you haven't seen this document, this 30 for 30 before, I I highly recommend checking it out. But the New York Islanders were once bought by a guy with no money. His name is John Spano. Um, ESPN did a 30 for 30 about it called Big Shot. And brief synopsis, guy has like a couple hundred thousand dollars to his name, convinces the right people in his like friend group in Dallas that he was really wealthy Started hanging out with Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban, that type. Tried to buy the Stars, couldn't. Tried to buy the Panthers, couldn't. Tried to buy the Islanders. He took control of the team before paying the money. Like, he was falsifying bank statements. Told them he was worth a couple hundred million. They were selling the team for $165 million, And he he owned the team um, before Bettman and, and the league finally realized that there was something seriously wrong. <laughs> And they weren't getting they weren't getting the down payment, yeah. And uh, any organization that's stupid probably deserves a little bit of hate. So I think that's probably where the uh, I like it that st- that stems from. But yeah, that's a pretty wild story. But hey, good for the Islanders. Um, also good for the Carolina Hurricanes. They've slowed down a little bit, but they're firmly planted uh, in the top three of this division at all times. Uh, you were right, man. This is a good team. Yeah, Sebastian Alhouse start, finally started putting puck in the net. So. Um, they're picking it up a little bit. Hopefully, get a little more production all around the lineup. Yeah, does he finally have points? <laughs> he's got he's, three goals now. So three goals. Yeah. he's uh he's he's starting to starting to play a little bit of hockey. But yeah, I expect I expect the Hurricanes to be ahead of the Islanders when it's all said and done. I know right now they're third in a spot behind them, but 
I've got them finishing third. So. They, I mean, they are actually fairly similar to the uh, the Washington Capitals in the sense that, like, a defenseman leads them in points. A a solid group of like positional forward. I mean, Ovi is Ovi. Obviously, he's got nine goals already. He's second in on the caps and points, but then it's like Oshie Eller, who's nuts off. And for the Hurricanes, behind Dougie Hamilton, it's Teravine and Hall at Dzingle, Svechnikov, more defensemen. I mean, Aho will pick it up. So do I think that they're uh, forming their direction around the Capitals? No. But I think they're in a good spot if that starts to starts to present itself like that. I mean, you can't go wrong trying to emulate the Capitals. So, I mean, I had Carolina pretty low. I thought they'd take a step back because I, I'm, I don't know about this goaltending, but yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask because they've more or less split so far, but Reimer's got the far better numbers than Mrazic. And I'm wondering if it's going to be a Reimer carrying the loader, if they're just going to split 50, 50 all season. Well, I think, I mean, Mrazic's got the wins oddly enough. Um, but you're, I mean, Reimer, Reimer's two and two, but he's got two, six, seven and a, in a nine eighteen. But I think Mrazek is going to go into the tougher games. You know, he, he won the duel against Carey Price. He was in net against the lightning in a win, you know, in a dominant win. So I think Mrazek's numbers will be lower than Reimer's because Mrazek is the number one. Uh, for all for all intents and purposes, like they're they're one in one a, but I, it's crazy. It's and I know you're saying that blows your mind because you're a Red Wings fan, but yeah, just a he's a starter goalie on a successful team blows my mind. Yeah, and I mean they're getting no production from Gardner, uh, Reemstyk, Van Reemstyk, uh Trevor Van Reemstyk, and Nino Niederreiter. So yeah, th- things will continue to get better. Uh, for this Hurricanes team as everyone starts to come into their own. You can say that about a lot of teams, but these are guys we know will come into their own. And, uh, I mean, you had them third in the division preseason, and uh, you're looking like a genius compared to me right now. Uh, Columbus is number four. What? Yeah, I mean, we had Washington unanimously number one. We both had Columbus unanimously number eight. <laughs> and I honestly, I didn't think that we had anything to worry about. Well, they just but... beat Carolina. What? Their leading point getter has six points. Yeah, that sounds about right. How? I don't know. How are they winning games? Um. I, I really couldn't tell you because Corpusalo has a two seven two and a nine oh one save percentage. And Mirza Likens, uh, who started two games Yikes. is O one and one, has a five point oh goal against and an eight sixty three save percentage. So I mean it's been tough going. I mean, Pierre Luc Dubois and Seth Jones both have six points. Um Cam Atkinson has five, Nyquist has five. I mean they're they have five wins. They have five regulation or overtime wins. Uh, one of those being a penalty shot, but whatever. Uh, I mean, they're minus six and they're in fourth in the division. So I don't think we have to worry about being that wrong about Columbus. Uh, and while well, I'll tie Pittsburgh into this, Pittsburgh's five. Pittsburgh's lost three in a row, but they were leading this division for a while too. So in Pittsburgh's plus six. So I think we're going to see Columbus start to even out here in a minute and, and really start to drop. Um, but with Philly, I mean, Philly's won two in a row, but with Philly, New York, and New Jersey struggling so bad, so bad, Columbus could find itself higher in the division than we expected, which is fine with them because it's not like they need good position for draft picks because they don't have any. Yeah, that that's a tough position because you're just kind of just like, you got nothing to lose, I guess. But they've got four, they're fourth in shots on goal per game and they're seventh in shots on goal out. So they're putting shots on that. And they're also doing a pretty good job of limiting shots, which I guess explains 
how they can win and still have not so great goalie numbers. It's got to be a defense. You're, you're being super generous, by the way. Their goalie numbers are trash. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I was ready to come on here and destroy John Tortorella. Then I remember that he said we need to do away with the shootout. So he might be a genius. Um, <laughs> but he's also probably the worst person in the world to be coaching this team. Because Why he's say that? just he is much better with a team that is he's Jeff Fisher, basically. Jeff Fisher, like widely known in the NFL as the eight and eight coach. And that's what John Tortorella is. And when it he can get a slightly worse team to the playoffs, like he did last year. I mean, Columbus wasn't great last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean when you're when you're out coaching John Cooper and everything, like things look good for you. But this team is so bad, so young, and so inexperienced. I don't think he has the ability to coach a team like that because in history, as soon as his uh, Canucks or Rangers got to that point, it was already a lost cause. Like there's no saving a bottoming out team for John Tortorella. He just moves on to the next eight and eight team, turns them into a playoff team, and then everything falls apart. So, and I think that's what we're going to see pretty soon. I mean, they play Philly tonight, so we'll, you know, we'll see, but, uh, I mean, do, do you think that – I know we're going to get to the bottom of the division here in a second, but do you think that like, by season's end we see Columbus closer to scraping that eight spot or are they just going to be stuck in the middle? I mean, listen, I've got no reason to believe that they're worse than the Devils right now. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't either. I mean, the Rangers, you could make an argument that they're better than the, the Blue Jackets and things will start to come together because I don't think the Rangers are getting much production from uh, – as I vamp, I'm going to go check their stats. But I don't think they're getting the production they expected from. I mean, Zabinajad's got 11 points, but Aaron's only got seven. So things will start to come together. I mean, Tony D'Angelo is their third highest point getter right now. So as Buchnevich, you know, Kreider is usually good for a little over 20 points. So maybe he'll start to pick it up. Um, Kako's still only got two. So as hopefully this team starts to gel, um, We'll see more. God, Brendan Smith still plays for the Rangers. <laughs> um, I, I think the Rangers will bump up a little bit and maybe force Columbus to be in that uh, six, seven, eight seed. But New Jersey's told us nothing uh, as, in the way of being better than anyone in this division. Yeah. Um, and we we touched briefly on Pittsburgh in the in the fifth spot. Uh, they're better than that, and they're really beat up as well so i think first seven game pittsburgh first seven games pittsburgh is closer to what they are than the last four uh but it's gonna be tough to beat carolina and if the islanders keep this up uh, i mean there's a lot of competition at the top of this division and you know briefly looking at the atlantic there's a couple teams in there i mean tampa's fifth in the atlantic right now so there might be more wild card competition coming from the Atlantic than we thought. Um, Pittsburgh's got to stay healthy because they've got to get up and and start scratching at the Islanders or Carolina. Yeah, we put we we put Pittsburgh in our power rankings and they lost three games in a row. So <clears throat> yeah, that's good. That's that's how things work. Yeah, maybe we missed that. We both dart, had them two in the division too. Yeah, preview wise, we had them two. But Pittsburgh's going to be a team where they got a they're kind of almost got to look at the schedule and pick out where they're going to. And it's, it's not exactly like that. Cause that's no, I completely agree though. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to get their playoff spot by going on runs. They're not going to beat the avalanche or the Knights or the Bruins where they're just dominant all season. They're going to go on those little like 10, 11 game runs. And you've got to, you can almost probably predict it. If you just go through their schedule and look at like a little 10 game stretch where maybe they've got seven, eight weaker opponents, and they're going to go nine and one or something like that. And you go, oh, the Penguins are up from fifth up into third, drop down to fourth a couple days later, and then they're up in second two weeks later, I think is how it's going to roll. Well, yeah, and they got absolutely robbed against Tampa the other night. They gave up a late goal, yes, but that puck was in the net. Did you, did you see the play in question? I did not see that. So Vasilevsky bounces over, makes a great save, except his glove is like all the way over the red line. With the puck in it. Oh. Yeah, but don't worry. It was it was not a goal. 
So, I, I mean, they played Tampa very – and that's – I don't want that to be the standard for teams. And maybe it should be, and I'm off base, but I don't think how you play against Tampa should be the tempo-setting game for your team, if that makes sense. What needs to happen so that we can get away from that? Because I, I – it's a very good point you bring up, and I see a lot of people doing it is measuring their team's success on when they play Tampa. It's not when they play Colorado or Vegas. It's when they play Tampa, and I don't understand why that is. Because um, they, I don't they, think it. I, to be honest, I don't think it's going to change because I don't think people are going to give Boston the credit they deserve. I don't think they're going to watch enough of Colorado, and uh, people just hate Vegas. It, like, so. Yeah, because it's, they literally got swept by an eight seed in the first round of the playoffs, and people are still doing it. I don't know what needs to happen for people it to stop comparing it. themselves no, keep against going, Tampa. Keep going. God. Dude, it's... Yeah, no, it's frustrating because that shouldn't be the benchmark against a team. And don't get me wrong. The Blues also should not be the benchmark, and I don't see people doing that. But I'd be more okay with, well, how they do against the, the reigning cup champs. Not how they do against the team that got swept in the first round. I love right. that. That's, right. that's one of your best all-time takes. Even yeah, even the Blues are more like more viable. I would. There are four teams I would use as a benchmark, and possibly even three. I'd be willing to take Vegas out of them, but it's Boston, Washington, and Colorado, and I would throw Vegas in there at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nashville's no slouch right now either. Actually, I didn't realize that uh, they won two in a row. They just blinked Minnesota. Um, they're four points behind Colorado, but I I heard that by the way, uh, <laughs> they just never last, man. They never, they're, they're five, one and one at home. Listen, I don't believe in Pecorine, but they could be one of those teams that you set the precedent against Tampa's five, three and one. They have 11. They're trailing Buffalo by eight points. So, and Boston, Toronto by three. So they're behind their in-state rival, Florida. They played one less game, but. So you're right, though. I I am saying they looked good against Tampa in, when we talk about Pittsburgh. I'm not saying sure, that's yeah, who that, they that's need fair. to look good against. Right. But no, that's, that's maybe they need nice to miss the playoffs altogether. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, let's round out the bottom of the division because no one's really paying that much attention. Um, Philadelphia is getting good goaltending out of Carter Hart. Not ready to admit that he's great. Um, they did wall up Chicago the other night. They're playing Columbus tonight. Uh, four, three, and one plus three goal differential. I mean, do you have anything on Philly? No, I mean they moved the puck really well, though. <clears throat> yeah, they did. They beat the Blackhawks again. Yeah, four to one. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I mean, there's there's things if you're a Flyers fan, there's things I like there. It's just funny to me that this whole like Philly, New York, and New Jersey are all at the bottom, and then the Islanders are up top. Like. What's up, guys? That, that, whole, that whole metro area. Is... It's, it's funny to me. Like, so Philly's now beat Chicago twice this year. Uh, you and I, we have a lot in common, but one of the most glaring issues among our fandom is that other than game six of the 2010 Stanley Cup Finals, like the Blackhawks are like one in 19 in Philly including the quote-unquote home game for Philly in uh, Prague earlier this season. Uh-huh. And the Red Wings haven't won in Philly in like 22 years. Uh, they're just a thorn in my goddamn side. Yeah, it's just the whole city just it drains your energy. Oh, which is, well, I understand why you're so tired all the time, man. I don't... Exactly, dude. It's like I'm by a giant electrical field that is just sucking the life out of me. Um, but I don't mind a good cheesesteak every once in a while. Uh, seventh and eighth place, Rangers, Devils, bad all around. Devils are minus 14 goal differential. <laughs> we see, it's so funny how we thought we just, we were like, we were so pumped up for the season, this rivalry that was going to happen. And now they're, now they're rivals for the seven spot. What's weird to me, and I don't understand this, is. So the Devils played October 19th, didn't play again until October 25th, didn't play again, don't play again until October 30th, and then play a back-to-back November 1st and 2nd, don't play again until the 5th, 
This is the Devils? Like, this is the Devils, yeah. Who, it's, it's a who really makes these schedules? Is it, like a, is it yeah. a team in the NHL or is it like the GMs get together, the owners get together? Yeah, it's, who does it? It's, they they it's like set aside how many divisional games you need and then they, they start to work the schedule. I I don't fully understand the early breaks in the season. Like, I, I get Philly and Chicago because they were flying back from Prague. So give them a little time to readjust and get normalized. That's fine. But it seems like this is just too much time early in the season for teams to be taking that much time off. Yeah, I'm, so. sh- I'm sure there's something at play that I don't know about or we don't know about, like stadium availability or something like that. But it's if, if people are complaining about back-to-backs, but you've got five games off between games or five days off between games, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to get anything going. So maybe when they start to play more games, they'll start to get some continuity in their play. But uh, it's it's not looking great. Uh, real quick before we move away from divisions, uh, Buffalo has 19 points, and they're undefeated at home. Just something to talk about. And they they have Arizona coming up, so they're only going to get more points. Do they lead the league? Um, do they lead the lead? Well, they're tied with Washington. Oh, yeah, Washington's got they're, 19. And they're two up on Edmonton. And uh, they played two more games than Colorado, and they have two more points. They played one more game than Edmonton, and they have two more points. Go Buffalo. Washington's also played one more game than Buffalo, and they're tied in points. So, and they're still plus 12. So um, that is it for the Metro Division. We're not going to do every episode with the division. Uh but actually, to give him the credit he deserves, Zach brought it up that we have there's so much East Coast bias in sports that we were leaning ourselves towards the West. Uh, so we want to show some love to the East, and we'll we'll cover the Atlantic when when it becomes time. Uh, do you want to do? Do you want to go into your segment, or do you want to do the quiz? Uh, well, yeah, we'll do the we'll do the skunk tier. Um, so hashtag YGS. Actually, KJ nominated one, uh, and we are gonna go with that. So this was. Yesterday, last night, um, really, and you just touched on it. The Sabres are absolutely destroying the Atlantic right now. They go into Detroit, which, let's be honest, these days is not a tough place to play. So they ride in there, give Carter Hutton a break. Red Wings probably thinking, yeah, we're going to pop a couple in. Well, it's just not really the way it works. Buffalo shuts him out. Detroit outshot Buffalo 41 to 25 in this game. <laughs> I don't know. I am so I have never been more embarrassed by a team because okay, the past couple of years the Reddings have been great. And Lin- Linus Olmark. Sorry, I God I, you didn't mention I just want to say Linus Olmark was yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I mentioned it wasn't Hudden. It was Linus Olmark, but the for that, for the Red Wings to come out and just give you hope this year, and then it's been so bad. They're three and eight now, right with the Senators, at the bottom of the Atlantic. I'm giving up hope. I put them on the hit or miss for my watchable this season, and I was absolutely wrong. They should never be televised. It's embarrassing. The Sabers come in here. They get 25 shots on goal. Two of them go in. Red Wings put 41 shots on goal. None of them go in. Linus Solmark's a brick wall. Detroit, you got skunked, and it was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, uh, they actually did have chances. I, I mean, the the Red Wings should have scored a couple goals. Linus Olmark was playing great between the pipes. Um, I, I don't want it to get lost within the shutout that uh, Eichel had two more assists. Reinhardt had two points. McCabe finally scored a goal. Um, some good production out of the Sabres if you're going to win a 2-0 game. But, man, I... I won't harp on it because I'm pretty hard on the wings on Twitter, but dude, that's, I had to nominate it because it's one of the most, I don't want to say shocking because the Sabres have been playing so well, but I mean, a 41 save shutout against a historically good on team, the road. UGM with, with young talent, you know, the Red Wings are at home. Uh, there's a lot of red flags in that game. Uh, and they weren't just in the stands. They're it. Red Wings are bad. The Red Wings might be one of the three worst teams in hockey. Yeah, it's where's Jonathan Erickson when you need him, man. He would have popped one in. I know it. Seven in a row, man. I'm. 
Who's next? How many how many games have they lost in a row? Seven. Seven. Oh, that's what you were referen- referencing. Okay. They started the season three and one. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, that's tough for the Red Wings. Um, that's a great you got skunk, though. That's what we're looking for. Something that stands out. 40, 41 saves in a game that you gave up two goals is good. 41 saves in the game. A 41 save shutout is um, outstanding. That's actually, that's what I want to look at. Uh, where are we at numbers wise for both these goaltenders now? Because I bet it is uh, nauseating how good they are. Uh, hats off. Carter Hutton. Uh, Carter Hutton is six and one. Oh my God. Holy shit, dude. Holy. Dude, listen to these numbers. I'm looking at right now. Carter Hutton is six and one with a two two seven and a nine twenty. Linus Omar's three one and one with a two five six and a nine thirty two. Wow. I'm looking up the Buffalo Sabres goalie coach right now. Let's see if we can get him on this this podcast. Andrew Allen. I, I, we might as well. We might be hearing from Andrew Allen soon because this is this is crazy. And they're you know, like I, I mentioned. You got to get production for those types of performances to matter, and they are. So, props to Buffalo and what they're doing defensively between the pipes, um, and obviously the the forwards back check has been playing great. So, uh, that's a great hashtag YGS. Uh, make sure listeners make sure you're nominating uh, any shoutouts you see during the week. But I, and Zach, you're doing a good job picking out the uh, the most outlandish ones. Do you want to mention? The other one that caught your eye. We don't have to go into it. Yeah, we had the honorable mention. It was a day after our last episode. Uh, I just, I, the reason I originally had this one is because I knew it would make you happy. But the Minnesota Wild of all teams, shut out the Oilers. Now, Oilers are 8 2 and 1, so they haven't really slowed down much, but they did take this loss to the, the 3 and 7 Minnesota Wild. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. The Minnesota you- Wild, uh, they, they don't shut out very many teams. When you hit that dot 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 all caps the wild, <laughs> I, I I lost my mind, man. That that was so funny to me. And I mean, yeah, they didn't affect the Oilers obviously that much, but uh, the Wild are quite bad. <laughs> so to see them shut out a team that's been so on fire, one nothing, uh, was a pretty interesting game. Uh, hashtag YGS. We're gonna keep that going. I love that segment uh, when people deserve to be put on blast for poor poor performances. And celebrated for great performances. Uh, I think it's I think it's worth uh, mentioning them. So good job on that. Let's move on to a quiz. Okay. Yeah. We uh we don't have a soundboard. So this this is called the revenge quiz. And I'm not getting revenge on you for any poor performances I've had on quizzes, so don't worry. Uh tonight. The Blues and Sa- uh Blues and Sabers, Blues and Bruins play for the first time since yeah, for the first time since Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, we know what happened. Blues won the cup, and uh, so we're going to see if the Bruins can get revenge. What I have, and I kept it recent. It's the it's the last five Stanley Cup winners, okay, playing the team they beat in the Stanley Cup Finals. The first game. They played of that season. Mm-hmm. So for some, I'm going to give you the team looking for revenge. And then I'll give you and some I'll give you the defending Stanley Cup champion. This is just going to play off your memory. OK, you, you don't have to be some hockey genius to to get with this one. It's just going to be in your memory. So we'll start in 2014-15. The defending Stanley Cup champion, Los Angeles Kings, they didn't play the team they beat in the finals until January 8th of 2015. And they lost. They gave up the revenge, I guess. Who got revenge on the 2014-15 LA Kings? Was this the the Alec Martinez Kings? Yes. I should know. I can I can vividly remember his goal. And I cannot I wanna say it's either, I wanna say it's either Chicago or Boston. Can't be Chicago. Oh, that's right. 
I'll, I'll, I'll go with Boston. It, it was the Rangers. Yeah. God, I remember. Rangers. I... The the Rangers won that game. They got their revenge. Uh, I mean, that Stanley Cup final series was a joke. It was. They ended in five games. The Kings were clearly better. But the Rangers got the revenge. So good for them. 2015-16. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost in the Stanley Cup finals the previous year. They were going for revenge against what defending Stanley Cup champion? Who did the Lightning lose to? 2015-16? Yes, this was the 2015. So I should explain this. The 2015-16, the season in mention is the season following okay. the Cup. Okay. Um, You're going to hate yourself if you get this wrong, by the way. Five seconds. <laughs> Two seconds. Ooh. Who did I say first? Boston. Boston. No, they, it was the, oh, the, oh, lightning, oh, the lightning, lightning We're playing. Fuck, dude. I... Do you just want me to give you the answer? Yeah. You get a, there's a I bonus not... question. Okay. It was the Hawks. It was the Hawks. the Lightning were going for revenge against the Hawks. Bonus, you get a you get a bonus point opportunity for the following questions. Um, who won that game in the revenge game for the who won? for the Hawks Lightning? Did yeah? Did the Lightning get revenge or did the Hawks send them off? I'm gonna say the Lightning got revenge. They did not. Speaking of, you got of stunk. The Blackhawks won one to nothing <laughs> in the in the first meeting between those teams following the. Uh, the Stanley Cup final. I so don't, I don't know why I can't remember that the Hawks beat the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. Like I have zero memory of that. It does seem like the lost Stanley Cup final among everything else. Um, the 2016-17 season, the Pittsburgh Penguins were trying to fight off a revenge game against what team? Or against who, I guess, would work, I guess. <laughs> well, what Western Conference perennial power did they beat in the Stanley Cup Finals? I am going to say I feel like Nashville had a run at some point. Pittsburgh, right? Uh, yes. 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 Uh, the Penguins beat the Sharks in the 2015-16 Stanley Cup Final. Uh, bonus point opportunity. Who won the revenge game? We've had two that did not get revenge, so I'm going to say the revenge was had. It was not. God! Nobody... <laughs> uh, well, the, Ra- the Rangers got revenge in the oh, first Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So one point so you're one for five. Hell yeah. A chance to a chance to get even. These these last two should be easier. Um 2017-18, the Penguins again won the Stanley Cup final. Uh who did they beat in the final? And who won the revenge game? So this was the the revenge game was in 2017-18. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. This would have been the year before Knights Caps. So this had to have been when Nashville went. So Nashville. Yes, they beat Nashville. Who won the revenge game? Nashville sucks, so I'm going to say Pittsburgh. Hey, yeah. There we go. So we're three for seven. Dude, just like that, you're back on track. All right, well, you already mentioned this one. So 2018-19, the Vegas Golden Knights were going for revenge against who? The Caps. Who won the revenge game? Um, I Was that I, the first game of the season? My No, it was the 
It was the Knights. It was the Capitals' third game of the season. This was my first ever belly up article. <laughs> yeah, I remember this game. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. The title of the article was uh, more of the same. Yeah, I was going to say they shellacked them, didn't they? The Caps won? Yep, five to two. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you were, yeah, you were five for nine, dude. You killed it. So my memory starts to fall off after two years is what I figured out. Well, and so. it's, it's that weird because like it was it was the Kings and the Hawks for a while, like the Bruins won in 11. Yeah, I couldn't the, keep straight the years those yeah. dynasties were. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah, because the Hawks were 10, 13, and 15. The Kings were 12 and 14. Oh, my God. Who won the Stanley Cup in 2013? Or we're missing one. No. Hawks, Bruins, Kings, Hawks, Kings, Hawks, Pens, Pens, Caps. Yeah. Blues. Hey, nice job. That was a that was a loosely formatted quiz, but you did a nice job. I like it. That was a good one. Um, right on theme with what we got going today, too. Who wins that, by the way? Exactly. If you had to pick one today. Bruins. Yeah, me too. Nice. Um, let's, uh, let's close this out with nightly news. Should be swords clanging in your headphones, but they're not going to because somebody who forgot the soundboard. Uh, we know, we know who forgot it. She works hard. She's got, this is going to be a hell of a podcast to edit, so I'll give her some slack. Uh, we love you, Maria. Uh, nightly news, not great for the Knights right now. Uh, three out of their last six games have been against the Flyers, Abs, and Preds. They've been outscored seventeen to five in three of those losses. Yep, uh, still sitting seven to five. I mean, we're. In the second spot right now in the Pacific, we've played more games than anybody other than the Flames, who are <clears throat> not really. Uh, I guess they're they're only a point behind, but yeah, there's the, yeah those three teams are at thirteen points. I mean, if the Oilers can sustain and the Flames pick it up, it could turn out to be a tougher division for the Knights than I thought. I mean, obviously we're not gonna have the Sharks up there, who we thought were gonna be up there, but uh, I'm not worried. Uh, I'm a little concerned. So I have I have two um, points of concern, and then I have, I guess what we could call a point of emphasis. Um, right now, for me, their defense stinks, and they're getting a lack of production from basically everyone except Mark Stone. And William Carlson scored last night, but they lost six to one. I mean, they're they're getting slapped by teams right now. Um, my my final point of emphasis is they need pressure. I don't think this team is going to play well against teams in October. I don't think they're going to care until April. That's not the way to do it, and I've said that about teams in the past. But when you look at this team, it's it's they're the Capitals pre-cup. They know they just have to get to the playoffs. They are better to me, to me. They are better than everyone but the Avalanche right now in the West. I I think in a seven-game series that mattered, they'd smoke the Oilers. But I just don't think there's enough pressure on October 25th against the Avalanche, who are already ahead of them in the standings, for them to come out and, and perform really well. That's not good, but that's where um, I have to be at with this team because the alternative is they're not as good as I think they are, and, and I don't believe that to be true. Yeah, and you're right. They need they need that pressure. They need pace. I feel like is another big thing. And you talked about schedules earlier. They play they play tomorrow, and they just played yesterday. Tomorrow will be their fifth game in nine days, which Please. seems. I mean, if you think about it, it seems like not so bad. But when you think about it, like the Devils you just mentioned earlier, who are playing two games in like eleven days. I could see Vegas getting tired, especially out in the West where there's so much more traveling. Uh, I could see why it gets a little tough at times. But So you're right. It is kind of that mentality where you just got to like get to the playoffs once you're there. I mean, they have Anaheim, Montreal, Winnipeg, Columbus, Toronto, Washington, Detroit coming up. Toronto, Washington, going to be tough games. Uh, you know, Detroit, Columbus, Winnipeg, Montreal, they should beat. You know, yep. they're home to Chicago. Uh, and then they're in, they have, they're, they're home to Toronto, November 19th. 
but between the 17th and the 29th, uh, they have four home games against, they have five home games between the 17th and the 29th of November. Calgary, Toronto, San Jose, Edmonton, and Arizona. Their two road games in that stretch is Dallas and Nashville. They have no back-to-backs. So we could see them. I don't know. I think I'm more worried about punishing bad teams than getting walloped by, like they should have beat Philly, but they got jumped early in the second period and the abs are really, really hot right now. So I, I think it's okay to be worried and you're not wrong for not being worried. Uh, But I think certain games, it's like Pittsburgh. You mentioned like certain games, they blinked Pittsburgh three to nothing, but two days before they lost five, two to the Preds. So I just think it's a wait and see with the Knights, but they're they're obviously a good team, right? Like we're not crazy. Yeah, there's just there's question marks. It really is. I mean, Cody Eakin has played eight games and hasn't doesn't have a point yet. Yeah, I mean, he might as well be Dallas Aikens, coach of the coach of the Ducks. I, mean, <laughs> I thought Cody Eakin would have like 150 points this year. I thought I thought he'd be so pissed off. That he was wasn't the scapegoat. No one blamed him. Yeah. Um, but you get sent off in a game that ends your season. That's that's tough for a player. Now Cody Eakins not a great player, so, <laughs> um, but he should have more should have more production. Um, listen, anytime you get outscored seventeen to five, I don't care who the three opponents are. That's yep. tough. Uh, but the Golden Knights are much better than they've uh, shown in those three games. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But go Knights, go hashtag Vegas born. The more you guys tweet us hashtag Vegas born or include us or tag it like Luke tags us and tweets all the time um, personally or the puck puck pass Twitter. We love that shit. That gives us more content. That gives us more stuff to watch and that gives us more ideas. So uh, we always appreciate whatever you guys tag us in personally uh, or on the podcast Twitter. Did we miss anything? I don't think we missed anything. What are we watching this weekend? As much Sabres hockey as we can. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I might throw some NFL football on. Schedule's getting juicy. But uh, otherwise, I'm watching... The, personally, I'm watching the Sabres as much as I can. Digest as much of that hockey as possible. And the oh. Islanders. Those are my two teams I'm going to be watching. That was my dog. Um, Yeah, lots of hockey. Michigan State plays Penn State yeah. today uh, as we record. So that's a loss. Tough season for Spartans. It's like um, thirty-one nothing or forty-two nothing. Uh, forty-nine to ten. Okay. Uh, Michigan State basketball ranked number one in the preseason poll. Saw that. Good for us. Oh. Uh, Zach and I are both Michigan State fans. For those of you that don't know, we obviously both used to live in Michigan. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, but we're Michigan State fans. I'm going to be watching plenty of hockey. I'm dog sitting two uh, Irish setters, two of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen. So it'll just be me, Finn, and Murph. Watching NFL football, college football, hockey—it'll be a relaxing weekend. Eh, I don't know about relaxing, but it'll be a good weekend, guys. Listen, if you have not bought your breast cancer awareness stuff on the BellyUpSports.com shop tab, go check that out. You are running out of time. We are going to make a very nice donation uh, on behalf of those proceeds, as well as being matched uh, by our friends at Design Tree, DSGNTREE.com for all your T-shirt, hoodie. Hats, scarves, polos, pullovers, all that stuff. They've got it all. If you enjoy this podcast, you are going to enjoy any podcast on the Belly Up Podcast uh, Network at Belly Up Podcast on Twitter. Steer Clear Podcast, Chairgate and Corner Booth, Talk the Plank, The Blackout. Thomas Black is great. That's an awesome podcast. Um, So definitely go check those out. And remember that November is coming up. Uh, if you do want to grow a mustache, run, jog, walk 60 miles, anything uh, that you find on the website that you think you can participate in and kind of fundraise for that, definitely go check that out, Movember.com. Um, Like I said, last episode, I'm growing a mustache. It's for a great cause. And uh, we're going to do some really awesome stuff the month of November. Dude, what an episode. What a, what a Sunday, uh, Saturday brunch hockey yeah, episode. Yeah, just swing us right into Halloween week. I'm excited. Yeah. If you were uh nope, we'll do that next week. We're gonna have a lot of cool 
hockey themed segments for you, at least in the first episode next week. Because I don't think we'll get a second episode in before the 31st. Nice. I'm trying to. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm joined by at Belly of Zach Mac, at Twitterless Maria. That's not a real at. Don't try to find that. I don't know who has that Twitter handle, <laughs> um, but that is not her Twitter handle. At Belly of KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. All on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Puck,